So, uh, Ken, um, yeah, can you just introduce yourself quickly uh, for us? Hi, my name's Ken. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> introduction ever. <laughs> That's the introduction I would give. Awesome. Ken Scott, everybody. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we've been talking about the turtles. We've been geeking out all day. Uh, and so, as we talked about the first turtle movie, love to hear Mr. Ken Scott. What was your role in the first original Ninja Turtles movie, and how did you get that role? Um, well, it was really the culmination of a lifelong dream I had ever since I was a kid. I always wanted to be an action hero in the movies ever since I was 13. So I did everything in my life that I could to work towards that goal. I, I studied filmmaking. I took acting. I, I practiced martial arts choreography. I learned how to do all kinds of stunt stuff, like ride motorcycles and everything, just everything I could. And uh, while I was going through this experience in my life, just somehow through the law of attraction, here I was in North Carolina doing all this stuff and even getting a degree in radio, television, and motion pictures at the University of North Carolina. Mm. And Dino De Laurentiis built a movie studio in North Carolina, mm. like of all so, places. Right. And due to certain tax incentives and stuff, he built a studio there and he shot Firestarter with Drew Barrymore oh, and uh, yeah, um, Maximum Overdrive with Emilio Estevez and my favorite, Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so these were all shot in Wilmington. So during my summers in college, I would drive from Chapel Hill, North Carolina down to Wilmington and just try to figure out how to break into the movie business. It was mm -hmm. there and I wanted to get in. And the, you know, the, the most readily available way to do it was try to be an extra. Mm -hmm. So... I would sign up to try to be an extra in different movies. And I ended up working in a movie called Dracula's Widow, uh, mm. directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, Chris. Mm. And uh, then I was in a movie called Collision Course, where Jay Leno and Pat Morita play two <laughs> cops from Chicago and Japan. <laughs> I've heard of that movie. Have you yeah, seen yeah. it? I haven't it, seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh, it was man. like rush. It was rush hour before there was a rush hour. Wow, <laughs> we gotta watch. It. We gotta yeah. watch that movie and review it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I'm working as an extra down there, but I can't seem to get into the movie studio itself. All these jobs I have are somewhere else. For some reason, I just felt this thing in my heart that all my hopes and dreams were somehow on the other side of this gate mm -hmm. that was keeping the movie studio. Mm -hmm. But anyway, one day I ended up getting a. Uh, I got a Domino's pizza delivery uniform and I got a couple of pizza boxes. I drove up to the security guard at the studio and just acted like I was delivering pizzas <laughs> to whatever movie was being made on the set. So uh, they let me on the lot. I drove back. I didn't know what was going on. And I stumbled upon this great move. They were shooting a movie with a car chase and gunfights and it was all this amazing stuff. So, I, I covered up my Domino's pizza uniform with my jeans. <laughs> like, settled back into the corner. And I just watched this stuff go on. Anyway, I ended up meeting the people that were in charge of casting those extras for that movie and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. They found out I was a martial artist. They invited me to audition for this other movie they had coming. Uh, at first, they couldn't tell me what it was. It was a secret. Mm -hmm. but then after a while, they gave me a call and said, we want you to come audition for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the very first movie. Mm -hmm. And so I did audition, but I auditioned with a hundred other martial artists from North mm -hmm. Carolina. And we all auditioned to be the foot soldiers, the mm -hmm. bad guys that work for the shredder. Mm -hmm. So I ended up auditioning for Pat Johnson. He's a legendary karate guy from Hollywood. Uh, and I ended up getting one of the roles as the foot soldiers. And so if you go back and you watch the first movie, there's a moment where Michelangelo goes, Oh, a fellow chucker, eh? And they do nunchucks. Back yeah, yeah. Forth. I'm the guy dressed in black doing the nunchucks against Michelangelo. Oh. So throughout the movie, through especially throughout that scene where all the foot soldiers bust in April O'Neil's apartment, I'm the foot soldier that's doing the nunchucks. I'm calling for the battle axes. I'm smashing through the windows on the rope. I'm crashing through the skylight. So my first job working on Ninja Turtles was being what's known in the credits as talkative foot number two <laughs> i started off as a foot soldier but then early on in the shooting of the movie the guy that was the stunt double for Raphael was shooting the scene in central park 
where Casey Jones hits him with a cricket bat, he mm-hmm. sails through the air, mm-hmm. lands in a trash can. Mm-hmm. When they hung the stunt guy up by his heels and dropped him into the trash can, he broke his nose. Whoa. So, yeah. So, unfortunately for him, but he couldn't wear the turtle costume anymore because of the way it fit on his face. Yeah. So, the director, the producers, and the stunt coordinator came to me and they said, Hey, if you can fit in the Raphael costume, you're going to be the new Raphael from this point forward. That's so, crazy. Yeah. I so bet I you try to squeeze shop. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the creature shop and uh, they said, All right, let's pull out the Raphael costume. Now, mind you, I'm five, six and a half, mesomorph, weightlifting, martial arts, American guy. Mm-hmm. Guy I was replacing was 118 pounds of Hong Kong flying stuntman. Wow. So I had to squeeze into this little guy's suit. <laughs> and what happened was parts of it didn't fit. So they actually went in the back and they got like Leonardo's feet and Donatello's legs and mm-hmm. all these different parts from the other turtles. And they kind of put me together like this Frankenstein turtle. <laughs> cool. They put the Raphael head on and they're like, you are the new Raphael. Awesome. So that was it. So from foot soldier to Raphael, that was my stint in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Like what and there was, was a couple. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to ask, like, what was the thought? Like when you heard those words after wanting to break into this industry for this long and it finally not only did you figure out a very brilliant way of uh, getting through that gate by the way <laughs> you get through the gate you get a you get a foot soldier job you're now Raphael and the guys looking at you and tell, confirming this for you that your dreams have now realized how do you feel in that moment well, that's a good question, uh, Marquez. And basically, I actually answer it in my book, Teenage Ninja to Mutant Turtle, <laughs> The Real Raphael. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote an autobiography. Oh, you got it. Oh, I got it. I read right through there. it. It's really, really good. Cool. And, um, anyway, I share that just because not only are these stories that we're talking about today, but there's a whole lot more in there about mm-hmm. how I became Raphael, what happened, all behind the scenes stories, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But your question, your question is a good one because it it is the culmination of my dream. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a layered journey for me because I set out to be an action hero in the movies. Yeah. Well, I graduated I graduated college, and within just a couple of months of being out of college, mm-hmm. I scored my first job, and it was playing a ninja mm-hmm. bad guy mm-hmm. in a martial arts Hollywood movie. Yeah. So I was a foot soldier, so I was like. Oh my gosh, even though it's only $75 a day and I'm a special abilities extra, yeah. I'm still a ninja right. in a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So that was like part of so I felt like that was the first step on my dreams. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was getting paid 75 bucks a day to do that. Well, then when I turned out when I proved my nunchuck skills mm-hmm. and I got to be this other ninja mm-hmm. I went from being just an extra to that actually got me my screen actors guild card nice. so just going from extra foot soldier to talking to foot number two mm-hmm. was my next stage of my dream coming true because yeah. now not only am I in a movie being a ninja but now I'm getting my screen actors guild card right. and that's one of the hardest most important steps that any actor struggling yeah. to start can get mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so then so i'm so i'm already like life is good life is great this yeah. is awesome and then the Raphael thing happens and then it was like oh my god this is super awesome <laughs> so it was just one moment after another of starting in a movie and feeling all the joy of that starting as an extra mm-hmm. and then actually end up being one of the titular heroes in the movie that's freaking all awesome the course of you know just a couple of, just a month that was pretty awesome. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> Man, as you you mentioned that uh you in that suit, uh can you explain uh just how um how like how that is done as far as like behind the scenes with different the different each turtle and yeah. the, the different character of each turtle, how that works? Yeah, sure. There's most people don't know this, but there's four guys that play every turtle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one guy that we call the actor turtle. And he wears a custom suit, and inside his head was 27 different electronic motors, or what they called servos. Mm-hmm. And those motors 
fingers would move the eyes, the cheek, the lips, all the different various parts of the face. Mm -hmm. And at the time, this was cutting edge animatronics. Yeah. Nobody had ever done stuff this complicated before. And the Jim Henson group who created it, they called it puppet tectronics. So this was the first, like tr we transcended a line of movie making science in this movie. For sure. That's the actor turtle, the guy that wears all the, the servos and stuff in his head. Off camera is the second guy. It's a puppeteer mm -hmm. from the Jim Henson group who uses a remote control to operate those 27 different servos. Mm -hmm. Part of the remote controls he has is he has a, a headset that he wears with lasers that point at his upper lip, his chin, and his cheekbone. And so when the puppeteer says, hey, dude, what's up? The lasers pick that up. It goes through remote control to a, a receiver that's in a, underneath the turtle shell, up some cables on the back of the neck, mm -hmm. and it operates the face to say, hey, dude, what's up? That's fucking so crazy. the actor inside actually has no control over the face mm -hmm. whatsoever. They're just it's those two people coming together to create one character. So then you have a third guy who wears a turtle suit and does all the action and fighting for the turtle. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have any electronics because so he can do all the fighting. And then the last guy, the fourth guy, comes in after the movie is done and lays down the voice. Mm. So in the first oh, movie, okay. I was the stunt and action double for Raphael mm -hmm. while Josh Pice was the actor. Mm -hmm. And then in the second movie, Secret Views, I became the actor turtle with all the servos in the head. Mm. And a great martial artist named Hosung Pak became the stunt turtle. Okay. 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 Which one did you like better? Uh, um, that's a good question, too. I like them both for different reasons, but I have one that I do like better. I like the second one because as the actor turtle, more of the movie-making process was focused on me and my colleagues. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we worked directly with the director, the producers, and talking and things. And, like, for lack of a better word, we were the stars of the show. It's right. kind of an egocentric thing, but because the, the focus of the movie making was on us, mm -hmm. it felt really awesome to be in that position. Okay. However, the first movie was all about martial arts, action, fighting, and stunts. And my heart and soul lives in that arena. Mm -hmm. And so doing that in the first movie, fighting as Raphael, doing mm -hmm. all the stunt work as the foot soldier and everything, that was actually more fun mm -hmm. than being inside the turtle actor costume, mm -hmm. which was just a bunch of hot, long work. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, man, I just rewatched uh, the first all three just the other day. And the fights in the first one are way better than the fights in the second one. And probably because it was mostly Ken Scott. I'll tell you one of the reasons that it's not as good is because in the second movie, they tried to appeal more to the childlike audience that yeah. was out there. And they did, a, they did a couple of things to do that. One is they introduced, they got rid of Casey Jones, who was a grown man, mm -hmm. and they introduced Kino, the pizza boy, mm -hmm. so, that, so that young people watching the movie had a character that they could relate, relate to. Yeah. yeah. The other thing they did is we had two rules in the movie. And one of them got broken a little bit, but never in a violent fashion. The two rules in the movie were, no turtle is allowed to fight with their weapon. And that was especially true for bladed weapons. So the only time you see the weapons come out in the second movie is in the opening scene, Leonardo throws his swords up in the ceiling yeah. and uses them as handles. Yeah. That's the only time his swords ever come out in the whole movie. Yeah. Wow. Michelangelo never pulls his nunchucks out, but he does some sausages Sausage. yeah. from the Sausage. deli. Sausage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, only Donatello has his stick out and uses his stick, I think, once in the movie. Yeah, in the ooze. And Rafa, yeah, and Raphael never, ever pulls his size out except to catch a piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> right. That movie yeah. exactly right. <laughs> so Ninja Turtles were never allowed to use their weapons in fighting. And the second rule that we had was any foot soldier who got punched or kicked and went down to the ground... Mm -hmm instead of laying there like they were unconscious or whatever, they had to keep moving around and kind of going, oh, I'm oh, hurt. hurt. So they never looked like they were dead. <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah. I, I, after after hearing you say that, Ken, I rewatched it and I see that they're just shaking. Like, <laughs> yeah, everybody's going, oh. And we'd be shooting a scene 
And Pat Johnson, the stunt coordinator, keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a certain sense of darkness and sort of an undercurrent of a little bit more violence yeah. in the action that was reduced in the mm-hmm. second movie. Therefore, you know, the fight scenes became a, the fights. I always say the second movie is more like the four stooges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Hey, I, I got one question for you, Kent. How did you in the actor suit? Marcus. Yeah. It is very, very important that this be a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one I get question. My one shot. one shot. That's Here's it. my one shot <laughs> question. Please make sure it's the right one. How did you see in the actor turtle animatronic face? How did you see out of that? If you can look at a picture of a ninja turtle, you'll see that it has a bandana on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mask. Mm-hmm. Just underneath the mask, right underneath it is two tiny little slits below the turtle eyes mm. and that's what the human actor sees out of wow tiny cool. little teeny little slits you can't see nothing interesting always yeah. wondered that now you know that's some good uh that's some good uh jim henson some good uh, I want, jim henson stuff right one here. of my favorite things in your book uh ken and i want you i would love for you to tell me uh which, which book is that smiley uh, it is <laughs> the book is called, <laughs> which is a catchy title: "Teenage Ninja to to Mutant Turtle." Bam. Available on Amazon. Amazing coming title. The real Raphael. The real R E E L. But no, it was. Somebody uh, once called me up and said, "Did you know you spelled real wrong?" <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness! Right, no sorry, creativity. No creativity. I mean, seriously, they actually called you and said that for real. Ignorant. What are you going to do? <laughs> no, and the, the, At least they bought your book, though. At least they got the it book. It says Becoming the Real Raphael, and it's spelled R-E-E-L, because when when I walk, when I go through my life, a lot of people, their single most identifying factor for a lot of people is I play Raphael. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is I'll be out and about and talking to people and meeting people, and somebody goes, oh, this is my friend Ken. He was Raphael. And people yeah. are like... <laughs> What does that mean? Were you at a birthday party? <laughs> yeah. Did you dress up for school kids or what? They have never have no idea. But people who say it, they think everybody knows. They're just like, yeah. oh, no, mm-hmm. he's one of the original turtles. What does that mean? So anyway, so to separate me from the animated guys and the voiceover guys and all right. that, I spelled R-E-E-L like film reel. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's good. Catchy. I love the yeah. title. But there was a, there's a part in the book we talk about going to, as you start doing uh, the second movie, so I know the first movie you were like kind of Frankenstein fitted the suit for uh for the um, stunt Raphael, but when you became the acting turtle and got fitted for the this is your your spot. Please tell tell uh, my brother and uh, friend and our listeners that experience because we love geeking out about Jim Henson, but also there's a couple of funny things. I'm assuming you want me to talk you know, about it. I definitely want you to talk about it. Statue that they made. So whenever you're doing suit work in a Hollywood movie, they have to take a cast of your body. Mm-hmm. And it has to be exactly your body because then once they make a cast of your body, they will then make a fiberglass statue of your body and they will make the costume out of clay. They'll sculpt the shape in clay, mm-hmm. and then they take vacuum forms and all these kinds of forms of that. So through this whole process of making a turtle suit, it starts by taking a cast of your body. Yeah. And so for me, when for anybody, when they make a cast of your body, you're not naked. You have to wear basically like a unitard, like a dancer would wear, mm-hmm. just a skin-tight lycra body suit. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they put hot plaster of Paris all over your body and then you have to sit there for 15 or 20 minutes while the plaster of paris dries turns into a cast like you would wear on your arm mm-hmm. and then they cut it down the middle split it in two halves and mm-hmm. you get out and now when they put the two halves together they have a perfect negative uh, form of your mm-hmm. body well to make these body suits in um the henson shop you go down into the basement of the henson creature shop in mm-hmm. london which is like you think would be this mystical, magical place with like <laughs> Kermit the Frog is up on the shelf and all kinds of Muppets and anything. 
but it is not. It is a dank ass old <laughs> basement in London that feels like you're in some school cafeteria that shouldn't be. <laughs> so anyway, in addition to that, you're surrounded by like these five Cockney guys. We're all talking. Hey, guys, get on, come on, blah, 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 blah. They're talking. They're doing their thing. They're like oomp, the Oompa Loompas of the Jim Henson organization, <laughs> working in the basement and doing the plastering. So. They had to basically crucify me in my own way. I, I spread my arms. And by the way, I stood in the exact same place that David Bowie did when they made his suit for Labyrinth. Oh, wow. So, cool. Yeah, they do everybody right in the same place. So I'm standing in David Bowie's footprints. They've tied two <laughs> loops around my wrist. They string them up to the ceiling. So I've basically got my arms extended to the side, kind of in a crucified position. And now I have to be prepared to have hot plaster of Paris put wow. all over my body and wait for 20 minutes without moving, scratching anything. Ooh. So as yeah. a young martial artist, you can breathe. You do this. This, I don't, this is not a great good challenge. I don't see anything happening that's really going to be a big deal until <laughs> they started putting all the plaster of Paris on your body and everything. Now, I'm a young guy. I'm 21, 22 years old. I'm in shape. My blood flow is good. And I got somebody putting hot warm wet plaster all over my crotch <laughs> well i don't care who you are if somebody's pressing hot warm wet plaster all over your crotch and you're a young man that's going to have an Something's effect on happen. your body <laughs> and that had an effect on my body <laughs> and as it had this effect one of the little english guys was down on his knees and he was working he looked up and he goes you a bit excited, eh? And I was like, I was like, I'm just happy to see you. Oh my gosh. So they ended up making this whole plaster of Paris thing. When they took it off and made the statue, Raphael became known for having a very large package. And so when you had these statues around the creature shop, there was a red one for Raphael made out of my body. There's a purple one for Donatello made out of Leaf Tilden's body, et cetera, et cetera. Mine had a distinct bulge in the nether <laughs> region. Oh, and so then when they went to actually sculpt the suit onto this statue, it ended up so being, and I swear this is a true story. I was sitting somewhere once and we were all sitting in costume and somebody looked at the turtles and somebody said, God, it looks like Raphael's got the biggest dick. <laughs> and I was like, well, Marcus, to answer your question, that could have been the greatest day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Go love that. I love that. Amazing. That um, just for you, Ken, any favorite behind-the-scenes moments from making the first film specifically? <laughs> um, a lot of my behind-the-scenes moments aren't just about making the movie but with my overall experience yeah. in the movie. So even besides, you know, being on set and seeing all the cool stuff happen and everything, there's plenty of cool stories and things that, that went on. Um, I also had a really great experience just in life in the fact that here I was fresh out of college. Everybody I know is off trying to get, you know, starter jobs and do whatever they're going to do. And here I am playing a Ninja Turtle in these <laughs> movies. And it's my first job out of college. And it's a Hollywood movie. And they're paying for me to live in a house right on the beach with the ocean coming up to it for like three months while we film. And they, I've got a motorcycle and I'm driving to and from the set to my beach house yeah. making a movie. I was just living the dream. Like it was totally awesome. That's cool. Um, yeah, I thought that that would be, you know, every, I thought that was only the beginning of the rest of my career. I didn't really reveal that, realize that uh, struggle and despair would populate my acting career <laughs> at other times throughout my life. But at that time, what a joyous experience. Mm -hmm. Fresh out of college, everything I'd been working for for eight years, just no, I had never, I mean, I'd gotten a lot of no's. But I just kept persevering. I was living mm -hmm. the mythic journey, you know, the Joseph Campbell heroic journey. Mm -hmm. I was doing it. Every obstacle, every goblin, every whatever that I encountered, I was strengthening my skills and overcoming and learning how to do it till I was just getting the golden fleece at the end. And so uh, just overall, uh, just a joyful experience. My, my human experience was 
superb at that point. Yeah. And, now, have, did you hear about like you have you like heard about the Ninja Turtles before the movie came out, or was that more like your first introduction to it? It was a little bit of both, Josh. Um, basically, I, because I was so heavily into martial arts from the time I was twelve everything that was martial arts related would somehow come across my purview in some way. You know, this was before the internet. It was before computers were around, but I was into comic books. I like Captain America and a man called Nova, um, mm -hmm. the original X-Men and all that stuff. So I was into comic books. I had heard somebody said, Oh, there's this thing, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't pursue it, never got into it, never looked at it. So by the time I got hired, I had heard of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. but once I was on the set, I didn't know who anybody was or what a character was. I would say to somebody next to me, like, who's that? And they'd go, oh, that's April O'Neil. And I'm like, who's April O'Neil? They're like, oh, <laughs> that's like uh, Lois Lane to the Turtles. Oh, okay. Who's Casey Jones? Like, it was through the yeah. movie that I learned who everybody was. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I guess we can... Was the, did anybody have any other questions about uh, the second turtle movie? I know we want to talk a little bit about our favorite moments, just parts of the second movie. You know that part in that movie where you did that thing? <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I thought I was confused at first because I, I watched uh, Turtles 2 earlier, like, like like just this morning and yeah, yeah and i was thinking that i was thinking that in turtles 2 that was you doing the uh doing the stunts as well so i was gonna ask about that junkyard fight but like what when the stunt folks are doing the stunt performance are you still around on set or or do they film that on like different days or it's a that's a good question it's a combination of both marcus mm. it's a we, we, we had two units running, running simultaneously. On any, on any movie, first unit is always the primary actors, the director, and all the key department heads. Mm -hmm. And then second unit is usually, second unit can be anything, it can be shots that they have to go get of mountains and the ocean and whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's usually stunts and action and all that. Mm -hmm. And the director of the second unit is usually a former stunt coordinator or somebody that understands action and all that stuff. So for us, on the first movie, our stunt coordinator, even on the second movie, was Pat Johnson. Mm. And on the first movie, our second unit director was Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son. Mm. And for him, that meant he was shooting a lot of the puppetry scenes of like the rats when they're baby or the turtles when they're babies and the sewer and all that stuff. Oh yeah. But he was also part of the action. But but the main director wanted to shoot a lot of the action because it was so important in that first movie. So we had two units shooting simultaneously. Mm. So a lot of times the action will be going on, but then they might need Michelangelo to say a line. So just Michelangelo and Michelangelo's puppeteer and, and support team would go over that unit. They would set up, they would shoot the line, mm -hmm. do what they needed to do, and then leave. Mm -hmm. And they would go back and shoot action again and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, so it was a combination of balancing both those things out. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes... You know, there was usually acting going on in the same scenes where fighting was going on. Right. So, so we would try and like shoot part of the scene one day, and you know, the first the units might overlap a little bit, um, or we just mix and match as needed. Yeah. But there was constantly two units working all the time. Yeah, like there's the scene, like in the junkyard scene, Raphael's kicking everybody's asses then like they get on him and then there's a close-up of him saying like hey have you heard a fair fight so y'all were all i guess you had to be like off to the side in costume for that shot or they just that was a they just blended that later like just like they just yeah, cut it, that and put that it together takes later. so it takes so long to do that stuff mm -hmm. that they would go shoot the whole fight and all that mm -hmm. and then they would say all right let's bring him ken and his stuff, and they would know exactly where I needed to be because mm -hmm. of the storyboards and everything. And they right. go, okay, let's just get you over here. And I wouldn't necessarily have seen the fight myself. Right. Okay. I'm just going in, like in the junkyard where I throw the tire and I would have been up in the service with a smile. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's just me standing in one place with the tire and Ernie Reyes Jr. and saying my lines and then leaving. And then they go back to shooting all the action. And cool. I don't see it until I go see the movie. 
And then oh, I'm like, wow, I just kicked that guy's ass. Yeah, <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, it's got to be weird to see. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite scenes, though. Just like just that, uh, you know, that time that Raph is is in that space, and just his character too, just kind of like comes out, but like kind of because I mean, like you think about it, that that movie, he didn't follow like you know, uh, Splinter didn't want them to do it, right? Because he was like, yeah, it's dangerous and stuff like that. But he's like, I got a better idea. We're gonna do this. We're gonna get uh, Kino to join this thing, and we're gonna make it work. I mean, it was a, it was a good plan, yeah. you know. <laughs> I like captured. well, I, I really like um, when they're looking for their home, and Raph just gives up like, "Look, I'm going off on my own." And Leo grabs his arm, and I love that part because I was like, "Raph, like he's about to whoop his ass." <laughs> <laughs> like go on my arm, Leo. <laughs> right, I love that part. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was from that was in number two. Yep. And uh, that's when they're underneath before they fall into the subway area. That they mm-hmm. find. And yeah. that was my big scene to really, really show off my Raphael walk. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That was a great job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at that moment, Leo puts his hand on my shoulder and I jerk my shoulder away. And then I do my little strut thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do the raff roll. Yeah. It, it lended oh, yeah. to his character real well. Yeah. Like even seeing how you just describe that, that helps so much bring the character to life. Mm-hmm. Like it's those little things, those it emphasizes it as you're watching it, you know? Yeah, I, I was fortunate that I was able to learn from Leif Tilden and my, uh, uh, Michelin Sisti, who played uh, Donatello and Michelangelo respectively. And I got some of their tips and tricks and, and we practiced for a while with the puppeteers. We actually had a month of rehearsal where we did we did all kinds of cool games where we play charades with the turtles trying to play charades with each other mm. but since it was all improv we didn't know what the puppeteers were going to say oh, wow. and we had to try to react to what they were doing and nice. so we tried to really figure out how to make it work so i had some tips and tricks that i was using to make the suit come alive but i looking back i wish i had had more experience like those guys did from the first movie because until you work in a suit, you don't really know what reads. You don't know what plays to the camera. Mm-hmm. And really what ends up happening in a suit is you can't be subtle in a suit. Yeah. You know, if one of you guys says something to me and I just kind of look at you with just a little turn of my head, that speaks volumes in a movie when your head is 30 feet high on a screen and you mm-hmm. just turn it and look a little bit. But if you just turn the turtle head a little bit, it doesn't look like anything. It's just, mm. It just looks like your head just cocked a little bit. You really have to overemphasize when you're turning your head mm. or when you're looking at somebody or when you're using body language. Mm-hmm. Because if you just use tiny little hand gestures, it gets, it gets swallowed up by that big green rubber suit. Yeah. So there's times that I learn when I go back and I watch the movie and I look at things and I go, man, I'm just so dead there. Mm. Dead meaning it looks like the character doesn't have any life in it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so now going back, I'm, the one way I really learned that lesson on the first one, though, was I learned it from a martial arts point of view. Um, I'm five, six and a half, white Jewish kid who grew up in North Carolina, basically. Mm-hmm. But I got some hops. I could touch mm-hmm. a basketball rim. I can mm-hmm. jump. Mm-hmm. I could do double flying kicks, triple oh, flying wow. kicks. Like, wow. I can get up there. Not now because I'm freaking older. But <laughs> <laughs> So in Ninja Turtles, in the first fight scene where you ever see a Ninja Turtle fight bad guys, it's the one where Raphael saves April O'Neil in the subway from the yeah. foot soldiers in yeah, the yeah. first movie. Because before that, the fight's in the dark. You don't see him fight the gang members. Right, and then right. he just goes at it with uh, Casey Jones for a second. But the first big fight is the one coming in the subway, and that's me. And mm-hmm. I come running out, and the first thing I do is a jump, double, split, front kick. Yeah, yeah you got it, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man. In, in for me, I ran out there, and with all the adrenaline of 22 years of dreams coming true, I jumped <laughs> in the air and thrust my feet out in perfect karate tournament form, landed, and finished the fight. And I was like, man, did I get up there. When I saw the movie... And saw me jumping around in that 35 or 40 pounds of stunt suit. 
and saw that I got about six inches off the ground. <laughs> I, did that I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I barely got off my ass. <laughs> so I learned both from a martial arts point of view and from an acting point of view that you really have to uh, hyperbolize your mm -hmm. movements, your actions, everything mm -hmm. you're doing in order to bring those things to life. The mm -hmm. way you want. Yeah, I thought that registered well on screen, though. I mean, like, seeing that as a kid was just like, <laughs> it's everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> we didn't it's notice real. that. It was like, it was real to me, job. so. You, right. You, hey. you had nothing to compare it to. I had 13 yeah. years of <laughs> right. tournaments and dreams. And also, yeah. no one ever saw a turtle jump. So it's like, how do we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, that. so. Raph is my favorite character. Like out of all the turtles, like you know. So, I've I've unknowingly been a fan of yours since I was eight years old. So that's pretty cool. Right on. Uh, yeah, same here. And we're not we're not just saying that because you're here. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Raph, Raph is, is definitely my favorite. Just straight up my favorite. Well. He's, he's the dopest one. Everybody <laughs> knows. Like, so, I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the dopest one. But let's talk about one of the most important characters in Ninja Turtles 2 <laughs> Secret of the Ooze Vanilla Ice <laughs> Oh man did, You didn't get to act Did you get to like uh, Were you there for any of that Like any of that performance I was there for all of that performance Yes cool. um, were, you, were you one of the Were you dancing Yes I was dancing Oh, oh okay Okay, okay. <laughs> The dancing is a combination of me and the stunt, my stunt guy, uh, Ho Sung Pak, who mm -hmm. did a phenomenal job mm -hmm. uh, in the martial arts and the junkyard fight we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. and everything. He and his brother, uh, Ho Young Pak, mm -hmm. are incredible martial arts. They've worked with Jackie Chan and all this kind of stuff. So, nice. Um, yeah, Vanilla Ice came onto the set. Um, Vanilla Ice was actually the second musical act that was pitched the producers to be in the movie. Ooh, who's um, the first? Yeah, the first musical act that was pitched was the I I believe the record label is SGI, but I might be mistaken about that. But SGI was the record label that we were dealing with, or they were dealing with, and uh, they wanted Wilson Phillips to Wilson be the first Phillips. band. If you're not familiar with mm -hmm. Wilson Phillips, Wilson Phillips was three girls. One of them was Brian Phillips from the Beach Boys, his daughter. Oh, okay. And they and they had a very very huge hit song. I think was called Hold On, but I could be totally wrong about that. Maybe I'm mixing with bands. But huge radio hit, and they were a big act for a while. But it was three girls singing harmonies and beautiful music, and it didn't seem to fit, apparently, with the sensibilities of the turtles from the sewers and streets of New York. Mm. So anyway, uh, they ultimately figured out another act from the same label would be a better fit, and that would be Vanilla Ice. Fresh off his... Ice Ice Baby success. Yeah, yeah, it was huge at that time. So um, Vanilla Ice showed up on, on set with an entourage. And this was my first, you know, just being a kid growing up in North Carolina and being on my first studio movie and all that. I had never seen an entourage before, much less <laughs> what it was. Yeah, yeah. So he showed up and he had an army in tow. Three of them were his backup dancers for the wow. movie. And he had some other folks with him uh, I believe on the set, he celebrated his birthday. I can't remember if it was his 21st or his 22nd birthday, but it was one of those two. So he yeah. was a young guy, mm -hmm. I mean, 21 years old, with huge, huge success and all the craziness that goes with the record business. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were two things that really kind of served to alienate him or alienate us from him. One was... Um, he came on to the set kind of like his reputation would be, you yeah. know, just all the kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. all the entourage and everything. Absolutely. And in addition to that, the producers bent over backwards to give this guy anything, whatever, he wanted, that makes sense. whatever they wanted. Now, when you juxtapose that with the fact that the four of us actor turtles we're literally sweating our balls off 12 yeah. hours a day. And we couldn't, it was hard. We had to negotiate for like air conditioning in the dressing room and, what? and rent a car. I mean, 
we had to fight tooth and nail. That's one of the reasons uh, Judith Hogue, who played April O'Neil in the first movie, mm. one of the reasons she did not come back for the second movie mm. was because she was a very, very strong advocate for how poorly she felt mm. the working conditions were for the guys in the turtle suit. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And that caused some friction between her and the producers. And I, I, I don't know exactly who said what or didn't sign what, but right. she didn't end up coming back for various reasons. And that was wrong. Mm. And she and I have talked about it since then. So we as turtles kind of had a little animosity towards 21 year old Vanilla Ice and his entourage because <laughs> they were getting the King's treatment mm-hmm. to come out and do this stuff. We felt like we were just being treated like turds, even though we were the turtles themselves. Right. And then on top of it all, you're in this hot ass suit, yeah, trying to dance in this smoke filled room, mm. and it is hot, hard work. You're dehydrated, and that guy could not remember the words to his own song. Oh my god! Crazy. <laughs> over Crazy. and over and over again. <laughs> oh no! Start over. Stop and start over. Stop and start over. And so yeah, I had. Um, I haven't been drinking the night before. <laughs> guys, that helps. And, and I was pretty well. No, it doesn't help. You would be hydrated. I was extremely <laughs> hungover to the point yeah. where we had to dance so much, and it was so exhausting, and I was so stupidly hungover oh. that I couldn't do it after a while. And wow, I had to. Um, and I to the, I apologize to Pat Johnson this day. I uh, I lied to Pat Johnson and told him I was sick and I couldn't do it. And, in a hospital and all this. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I fought it. I carried that lie all the way to the end, all the way till I wrote my book. Wow, the book is where the truth comes out. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are, the Marcus and Josh podcast, where truth is not to be denied. I know. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Oh man. Yeah. Good old Van Winkle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That scene. Uh, I mean, it's it's you know coming to screen knowing a little bit about what you just described it's like oh my goodness like but you know the little rap was catchy and the dance was nice and so it was good for the kids but all that stuff uh behind the scenes man that's a that's a lot a friend of mine unassociated with the ninja turtle movies travels around with vanilla ice now and does all the concerts dressed as michelangelo oh lord (laughs) when they do that song he keeps it in his repertoire all the time. Wow. He still does ninja rap today. And I guarantee you he knows the words by now. <laughs> he better know them words. <laughs> 30 something years later. I yeah. mean, that's like one of his only two of two hits though, right? <laughs> his biggest hits, yeah. Yeah, Ice Ice Baby and Yep, Ninja Rap. Ninja Rap. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Hey, I gotta give him props though as a performer. I mean, he was he was Eminem before Eminem. Hey. You know? mm-hmm. he, I mean, mm-hmm. he was you know, he, he crossed he was a crossover dude mm-hmm. and he was, <laughs> you know, regardless of where he was from or how much bullshit he did, everybody's a fucking poser. You know? Man. <laughs> so he was a poser too and he did it and he was good enough to hang yep. with everybody. You know, yep. he just, he just got caught up in a machine at the time when the machine turned him into a joke, man. You know? Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. I think yeah. he's from Dallas. I, I live in Dallas. I'm not from Dallas, but I live in Dallas. I, think he's originally from dallas but uh hey i'm gonna be doing a show in plano in uh next couple months okay yeah yeah i'm I'm pretty uh, retro 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 expo or something like that okay cool nice yeah it'll it'll do well out here too it's it's huge audience i live near you man i live in fort worth okay yeah awesome yeah i I like to my favorite restaurant is in fort worth uh king tut king tut on magnolia that's your favorite restaurant? No I kidding. I love King Tut. Like wow. we do, we literally it? just went there yesterday. We drove to Fort Worth to get King Tut. No, it's right there. That... Benito's Mexican restaurant on Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of food is it? It's like Mediterranean kind of. Oh, okay. uh, it's, yeah, uh, gotcha. yeah, Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good huh. stuff. The old King Tut. Yeah, man. That's that's like my favorite. That's cool in Fort Worth. <laughs> hey, tell me what you order at King Tut. I always get the uh, always get the chicken kebab plate with grilled veggies. Okay. And then my wife gets the uh, she's vegetarian. She gets the uh, 
falafel eggplant sandwich with cider fries and an extra side salad. Oh, that sounds yeah. pretty good. And, and then we get that baba gadoosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That smoky eggplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to meet up uh in you know, once I'm like super paranoid about like COVID and shit like that, but I mean, I, I would love to, you know, meet you sometime. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's hook up at the King Tut, man. Yeah. We can yeah. sit on opposite sides of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> man, that'd be cool. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man, we moving right along. We, we wanted to spend a, uh, just a second on uh, Turtles 3. <laughs> I know you weren't in it. Well, so I know there it talk. is. I know you can talk about it. There's uh, our second. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's just left. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. But no, I literally watched it yesterday. Uh, and uh, he's the only one that could do that. Me and Marcus <laughs> said we can't. We can't do that. We can't watch the third one again. Why is that movie it. so bad? I couldn't do it, man. There's a lot of you want to know why? Yeah. I'll oh tell God. you why. <laughs> okay, here's a couple of reasons why it's so bad. One is the the guy who wrote it directed it. Um he when he directed it, he was rewriting it as they were direct as they were making the movie. It was Ooh. having so many problems. He was the writer. You know, when you're making a movie, producers always come in with notes and say, This is what's going on. This is he didn't react well to this whole process. And so, you know, so I, I've spoke with Phelps, even though I wasn't on it, yeah. my turtle brothers who worked on it shared their experiences with yeah. me. Um, some days they would show up to the set with no idea of what they were supposed to be shooting. Wow. And the director would be creating it kind of as they would go. Oh, so that's one reason. Oh, God. That explains a lot of the movies. Yeah. Plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second reason. They took the it away from the production family that made the first one. They made both of the first two movies in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. And they had this core, some crew people that lived in North Carolina mm-hmm. and people from London and New York from the Henson Group right. that were part of both movies. So it was this unit, like a circus company. Yeah. Made the first two movies. Well, the producers wanted to save money, so they did not bring the Henson Company back. They didn't want to pay the Henson company what they wanted. Wow. So they hired some other company to make the turtles. So if you look at the turtles side by side, no, not no sour grapes, but the turtles in the third movie look a little bit more like salamanders. Yeah. Than <laughs> the first turtles do. That's and also good. the animatronics are not as smooth. In the no, third movie. Man, they no. move very, they move real herky jerky, yeah, really chucky and, cheesy. And, yeah. So the, so the Henson art, was lost in the turtles themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have any of the same crew working behind it. So everybody's working on new stuff, new turtle people, new puppeteers, mm-hmm. new everything. They were writing it as they went and they took it out <laughs> in North Carolina and they shot it in Oregon, which was a whole other scene. You know, it needed to look like Japan, but they went there and there was just a lot of chaos on the set all the time, a lot of fighting amongst department heads. And then when the movie was finally done, they did something that to me makes the movie literally unwatchable. (laughs) And that is they took, you know, when you, when you have music in music, it's just as important to have rests, right? It's not all notes. It's about quiet time too. In a movie, you can have dialogue, but you also need some quiet time and you can have action scenes, but then you need some soft scenes. Yeah. They filled this movie with ADR dialogue, you know, voiceover dialogue. They added it after the movie was over. They took every possible moment they could when you're not even seeing a character's face and just stuck in all this talking all the time. (laughs) You might see the four turtles like riding horses in their samurai armor Mm -hmm. and you'll see them from like a far shot and they're riding. But all you hear is, come on, Mikey, shut up, Donnie, let's go. Oh, California, oh, it's (laughs) awesome. Oh, my black hurts. Wow. Yeah. Just stop. It's it's so grating on the ears. So all these things come together to produce this less than pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. You know, overall, that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, look, I, I as after watching it, there was actually one part I remember looking. Uh, so there's a part where they do it's towards the end, and there's a guy that's in this bell, and the the uh, the bomb they got like a bomb that hits off of it, 
yeah. explodes and his hair's all kind of crazy. Yeah. The turtles run after whoever did it and they're trying to chase after him. As they're gone, one of the turtles off screen says, Oh, it's Don King. And I'm like, What? Wait, like, you're the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not even you're not even there. <laughs> but just say, Oh, look, he's like Don King. And I'm like, This is horrible. And yeah. then I also noticed that when they're fighting, there is no lip movement at all. And they're talking the so time. much. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Because they like, just, yep, they didn't want to spend the time to shoot the inserts. And then they didn't know that they were going to put all those lines in there. Yeah, but they were just like, man, this movie sucks. We need to make it more of a traffic jam. So let's just put stuff wherever we can. Throw a bunch of junk in it. See, I love time travel stuff. And I love turtles. But that was just... Mm-mm. It was all bad. I know you said no sour grapes. Them turtles... Look like sour grapes. In that <laughs> movie. They look, yep. yeah, that that jerky kind of animatronic was definitely happening in that movie. Yeah, because I mean, Jim Henson, like, you know, like the Henson quality. We did a whole, we did a whole episode about the Muppets, and just like we like that quality is, you know, like that's a standard, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you think about the beauty of the turtles, honestly, and that's something I love. Like, there has not been a Jim Henson turtle other than the first two, um, yep. which were brilliant and beautifully designed. And that's something that I love. But like that, like you kind of just shame that with the third one. It's like, really? You get what you pay for. You're going cheap. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. what happens here. Right. Well, there's, there's a reason Jim Henson's products were what they were. You know, I mean, Dark Crystal and the Muppets and all the early stuff you did on the Tonight Show and whatever it was. He was an artist. He was the right. genius, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a lot of other people that have had puppets besides Jim Henson. So it's not like it just takes puppets to be good. Mm, it yeah. takes the art and the creativity. And he and his organization brought that to everything they did. Other people can make suits and be a knockoff of Jim Henson, <laughs> but you can't be Jim Henson. Nope, mm. period. Nope, nope, never. The innovator. So, uh... Should we let's, rank yeah, let's, the movies? Yeah, let's run down. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. It's time. Because uh, I, I, I definitely want to say right now, Turtles Three. My rating is trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, really? <laughs> I, I, I can't make it a do-over. I can't make it a replay. Nothing like that. It is. I can't take it off of Netflix. No, <laughs> I can't watch it no more. I, I've seen it maybe twice in my entire life. Maybe three times. And each time I'm just like, why am I watching this? I watched it when I watched it recently, which was years ago. I was showing my daughter because I showed her the the turtle movies and she was loving it. Then we got a third one. She's like, Dad, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) This is not the same thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But the first one, the first Turtles movie is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, I never get tired of that movie. Uh, but yeah, that one's a sequel for me. Mm-hmm. Second one is also a sequel, even though the sequel of that was the third one. But I still like <laughs> it. <as a> <laughs> That's okay, okay. I would say the third one for me is absolute trash. Absolutely, I watched it yesterday. I tried to give it a chance. I was like, let me watch it as an adult. Maybe I just over exaggerated. No, it's absolute trash. And you can just explain why it was so trash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and honestly, like. The first, I like the first movie better as an adult. Mm-hmm. I like the second movie better as a kid. I enjoy both of them. And I think at the time, the first one is absolutely for me. You said you're one of your favorite movies, but honestly, I'm surprised you didn't rank it because for me, it's a neck bleeder all day. Like <laughs> the first wow. movie, <laughs> what? Absolutely is a neck bleeder. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Like when I was watching that the other day, I was like, oh, like just the, the, you know the the action of the turtles and on screen and yeah. the grittiness of the movie yeah. like hands down neck leader you know Ooh. for me absolutely there's Damn. no debate about that and i'm like when i as a kid the second one was my neck leader because it was like <laughs> yeah, it was like i i used to watch that so much um i, I probably would keep it at that level uh because i mean like even like all i know the lines like i can quote it mm-hmm. so much you know we talked about the different lines in the movie so that's so much of one of my favorite quotable movies, but um, maybe a sequel as an adult because it's more for kids and the fighting is not as much in there. I mean, I'm the exact same way as you. 
where I love the second one more as a kid. And as I got older, the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is the one for me. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy them both. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you with that. So would you say it was a neck bleeder? <laughs> you still said a sequel. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm about to say it's one of your first. You said it's one, yeah, of, your it's one of my favorite, favorite movies, movies of all time. time. Yes, yeah. it is. If I made a top ten of favorite movies, the first Turtle movie's there. So <laughs> it's got to be a neck bleeder. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give it a neck bleed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we rarely give that one out. So right. Not a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, tr- obviously, trash for part three. <laughs> um, part two, I would give it a replay. The only reason I'm not giving it a sequel is because the sequel to it was part three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you know, it was it was the perfect movie to be marketed for kids our age at that time, and I don't yep. think that a sequel to that could be done as well as part two was done. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'll give it a replay. Uh, part one, absolutely neck bleeder all the way. Like when I remember it was some other VHS I was watching as a kid and they had a uh, Ninja Turtle trailer. Oh, yeah. And you know, they, had, they would put the trailers at like the beginning of the, the beginning movie of or the something thing. like yep. that. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it's real. <laughs> like, and And watching that movie and like, the stakes were higher stuff was on fire people could be killed people would <laughs> you know people they were committing murder on that movie uh with with uh you know casey jones murdered shredder on that movie <laughs> and, and you know uh, that was definitely a neck bleeder for me absolutely ken how would you rate what would, you, what would be your rating with our ratings um all right, the first one I would give a replay to. I would watch it again. Mm. Now, again, for me personally as a fantasy, it's my own personal life neck bleeder. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. As that an experience, sense. as yeah. an experience. As yeah. a movie, I'll give it a replay because I like okay. to watch it again Okay. and point shit out and go, oh, look at that, that was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second one I would say is a do-over. Mm. I think... I think it gets a little silly mm-hmm. at times. It's it's a little goofier than I'd like to be. I wish mm-hmm. I understand what they were trying to do. Yeah. I wish they could have kept some of the tonality of the first one going mm-hmm. and not made it such a disparate movie, you know, from the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one was directed by a visionary music video director. <laughs> I mean, oh. He directed the music video for Billie Jean with Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and that walking Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the light up sidewalk. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. He directed the Money for Nothing Dire Straits video, the animated video mm-hmm. that's out there. And he directed probably one of the single most artistic transcendent videos of all time, the AHA video, Take On Me. Which oh, is the yeah, yeah. The, the cartoon book. Yeah. The guy breaking, you know. So this yeah. guy, oh, plus, he, wow. plus he directed for the Henson organization, the television show Storyteller that Henson used to have. Okay, I remember that. So Steve Barron was a very creative, visionary director, mm-hmm. and he was playing with the darkness in the first one to mm-hmm. sort of mask some of the silliness. Yeah. And he cast it with, you know, very sort of art film type of actors. Mm-hmm. Judith Hogue is not your typical Heather Locklear, you know, yeah. beautiful, you know, girl. She's beautiful in her right, own, right. but she's beautiful in this sort of, interesting redheaded freckle-faced mm-hmm. way who she is mm-hmm. and, and the guy that played casey jones you know it wasn't john cena or right. somebody obvious it was again john cena wasn't around then but whoever those right you know, yeah the counterpart then but he found elias coteus you know this fantastic actor a mm-hmm. thespian mm-hmm. so he filled it with all these things the second one was directed by michael preston who directed dr detroit with mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. go watch Dr. Detroit and it'll make you go, Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like two turtles is what it is. Um, <laughs> and like I said, I think they, they went, they missed it a little bit. I think the, the giant Wolverine and the thing, the snapping turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for kids, it's okay. Yep. Cause kids like anything that's big and moving. And right. Yeah. And but it, it was just a little silly. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll pick the second one and do over. The third one, I'm going to add just for this podcast a new <laughs> rating. 
Okay. Right. I'm going to call it's a time traveler. And it's a time traveler because I'd like to go back in time before this movie was ever made and keep them from making it. It's so bad. Oh man, we gotta right. add it. We gotta yep, add this to our radio. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, go back in time before they even make it and stop them. That's officially a new rating. <laughs> so, in honor of the time trap, turtles in time. <laughs> yeah, y'all need to that's travel perfect. back in man, time and perfect. not do this. Absolutely. Mm. Hey, Ken, it's been awesome having you. Uh, thank you for taking out your valuable time hanging out with us, giving us these awesome stories. Yeah, I'm going to get that book. Check out, uh, what's the name of, our, of uh, the book again? It's Real Raphael? It's no. called Teenage Ninja to Mutant Turtle, but you can find it by going to turtleconfessions.com. If you go to turtleconfessions.com, right. that's my author website, and there's clicks there to get to Amazon. Right now, the, the paperback itself is only $9.99. So nice. it's a really good deal. Um, and the Kindle version is like $3.99. So oh, wow. if, if people are out there listening to us and they like these kinds of stories and Ninja Turtle stuff, there's so much more in the book. Uh, Smiley, you've read it. You know what's going on there. Oh, so yeah. there's a lot to do. Check out the reviews. You know, Don't take my word for it. Take the fans' word for it. Yeah. And uh, check out the book. And plus, if you go to Turtle Confessions, you can go to the contact area and if you click on it, um, basically you can send an email directly to me. So okay. if somebody checks out a book and wants to let me know that they hated it or they thought it was great or whatever, they can drop me an email. Or they thought real was spelled wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you have any uh, social media handle or anything? I do. Uh, my name is Ken with two N's, K E N N. So on Instagram, I'm Ken Jitsu. That's K E N N J I T S U. And then on Facebook, you can find me under Ken Scott dash Raphael. Nice. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I do not Twitter. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah, me me neither. Um, what's what about the rest of y'all too? Where can the people find y'all at? Well, I am Prop Josh. That's P R O P J O S H on everything: uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok. I, I currently have 20k followers now, so that's hey, great on TikTok. Awesome. So cool. Ticking and a talking. Uh, yeah, YouTube. I'm grind. Yeah. <laughs> no, not on there. <laughs> not, not, not on there yet. No, <laughs> not on there never. Um, I'm on YouTube. I actually have a couple of turtle videos on YouTube. Uh, me and me and Smiley Jason did a few where uh, he voiced. Uh, Leonardo and I voiced yeah. uh, Raphael, so that that was fun. We're going to do a season two for that. Marcus okay. is going to join us for season two, yeah. so y'all can catch that. Um, but yeah, that'll be on YouTube. Yeah, the whole first season on YouTube, and it's my most viewed videos from last year. It's the turtle videos. Yeah, yeah people love the turtles, man. Some cool uh, stop motion action going on there too. Uh, so do I need it, me? Do I mm -hmm. go? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I'm the and symbol in the Marcus and Josh. So, so. yeah. So now, I'm now you go. Instead of smiling, your new name is Ampersand. Yeah. Ampersand. <laughs> Just call me Ampersand. You can find me at Ampersand. <laughs> oh, goodness. But no, uh, smileyjason.com. Uh, you can check me out on my website. Um, and I have a couple of poetry books. I'm actually working on a third one. Uh, hopefully it'll be out um, in the next few months by the end of this year um, at smileyjason underscore at Instagram and Twitter I tweet every now and then like rarely I enjoyed yeah. your first book yeah I appreciate it man yeah I am 730 I'm a music artist on social media like i mainly do uh instagram is my main platform is 730 spelled out except with the number seven for s and uh, i could be found at that handle uh on all the major music uh streaming platforms and things itunes uh wherever you find music at spotify all that jazz uh, I don't make jazz, but uh, <laughs> I'm a primarily a hip-hop artist, but I venture into other areas of music as well. Uh, 
I'm on TikTok, sort of, kind of. It's 730 with an underscore. Um, so, yeah. Uh, don't be a fucking... Don't be a Danny. <laughs> 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 be uh, be more like a... Be more like a Raph. Be more like an acting turtle Raph. <laughs> You know, take that with you. Just, you know, put that in your shell and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank everybody for listening. You can uh, email us at markandjoshshow at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-Q and Josh Show at gmail.com. For questions, movie suggestions, corrections, personal reflections, beat selections. No, like seriously, if you got beats and you want to hear them play during a segment of the show, just send them over. We'll take a listen. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to upload every Thursday. And hey, maybe we'll hit you with a couple surprises. Who knows? Who cares? Hopefully you do. Either way, you know where we be at. <laughs>